Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. I love to try to find things that are meaningful, maybe something that would just touch your hot button that says, okay, I've been thinking about that too. And and I know that you do the one word every year and you have a way of looking at words that people uh, search for and choose as their one word every year. And mm-hmm. I know that there's one word that you and I, neither one are super good at. And yet, it seems to be uh, maybe what other people are struggling with as well. Tell us about that. You know, we challenge everybody to choose a, a word for the year to be sort of their theme and their focus for that year. And uh, we, I, I wrote a book on that, My One Word, and we have a website at myoneword.org where people go and they type in, hey, this is my year for the word and this is why I chose it. And so there are thousands and thousands and thousands of entries um, on the website. And so I'm able to go to the website and look and see what words are being chosen the most often. And that fluctuates a little bit from year to year interestingly enough. Um, But then there are words that are always in like the top 10 or or the top five. And one of those words that's always in the top 10 or the top five is discipline. Ooh, ouch. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Right. So what that tells me is that I'm not the only one who is struggling with self-discipline or wishes that I had more self-discipline. Um, or sees self-discipline as the key <laughs> to a better life, right? So if everybody is picking this word, um, then I guess everybody knows it's important and knows that they don't necessarily have a full grip on it. Oh, absolutely. And I will be the first one over here raising my hand saying that's something that I struggle with because I'm a multitasker and you are as well, where we we have 15 things going all the time. And so when something uh, starts running over or the the light starts flashing on the phone or something is urgently needed, we have a tendency to stop what we're doing and take care of that emergency, that thing that seems like it's just nagging at us right now. And what, what that does, it pulls us off of the most important thing, maybe the priority of the day. And at the end of the day, we go, huh, I was busy all day. I'm exhausted, but what do I have to show for it? And I think that's why people choose that word discipline, because we all want to, at the end of the day, feel like our day had meaning, our day had something significant that happened that we were a part of. So you're making me think of my uh, my summertime. I teach during the, the school year. And so when, when I get done with school, you know, sort of mid to end of May each year, I have uh, all of June and July 
uh, before school starts back in August. And so I always have a mental and or physical or some combination of the two list of things that I have been wanting to do but I haven't gotten to because I've been so busy with work. And so this past summer, I was so excited to start my summer and get stuff done that I'd been wanting to work on. And some of it is like pet projects that I want to do, like nobody else in life is, you know, demanding that I do it, I just want to do. And then some of it is stuff that needs doing, like I really need to repaint that bedroom or clean out that closet or make that appointment for a mammogram or all those things we don't really want to do, but there is some expectation to do. So I started getting to the end of the summer and I started feeling a panic. Um, you know, oh no, my, my summertime is ending, my free time is ending, I need to, you know, what have I gotten done? I need to get more done. Um, there's still stuff I wanted to do. And so I spent about a day and a half in that sort of unhappy panic about my summer ending. <laughs> And that I had, you know, there were still so many things I wanted to do. I needed like six more months of summer. Um, mm -hmm. But what I, to, to pull myself out of that tailspin, I sat down and made a to-done list. I made a list of all the things that I did do over the summer. And then I felt much better about myself. There was still a lot I didn't get to, but um, sometimes I have to make a to-done list because <laughs> I feel unproductive. You know, it's kind of what you're saying is we, we might have high expectations for what we're going to accomplish or we might have interruptions and then we don't get to our to-do list and we feel undisciplined. Well, that is exactly describing my youngest daughter. I love her to death, but she's like you. She teaches at a university, and so she gets this block of time in the summer. I think hers is six weeks where she has nothing. And and she had uh, planned on doing so many things, but one thing that was very hot on her list, they wanted to finish the basement. And she said, I am going to be my own general contractor. I'm going to... Uh, get I'm going to get subs in here and I'm going to get them interviewed and check their references and I'm going to figure out what I want and she just had the greatest plan to do that but then life happened you know she's got two little ones and so many things popping up in their life and pretty soon she got to the end and she said mom I'm so discouraged I don't think this is ever going to happen because I just got pulled away and I didn't get it done. And I did what any mom would do. I was like, how can I help? And she said, I, I, I really didn't want to think that I needed help, but I think I do. I think I need somebody to keep me on point, somebody to keep me on track. And so I took three and a half days and I said, look, let's plan. You, you have the other grandparents take the kids let's plan on just you and I hammering this out getting exactly the plan together let's clean out the basement because you know it just collects everything if you don't have a plan for it mm -hmm. and I said let's just spend time doing that and getting it done and then at the end we'll interview some subcontractors and I'll be on my way and you'll be started and she was like, oh, my goodness, that would be so wonderful. <laughs> so I did that. I did that. And we and what was so funny is I said, OK, here's the best way I've found to start. You pick one of the 
spaces in the basement and you just start top to bottom, left to right. And you pick up everything and you decide, is it going to be pitched? Is it going to be given to somebody or am I going to keep it? And if I keep it, where's it going right now? And so we went through the entire basement and every time she would come to a box that had pictures or a box that had memories and she would stop and she would start contemplating and oh <laughs> look at this I remember and I would just stop and look at her and she would <laughs> say do you think that I should keep and then I would just let her process it for a second and she'd say no no I need to stay focused don't I but here's the point of that by the end of the three and a half days the basement was completely empty we had drawn out the plans we had contractors lined up and she felt like she accomplished something because she had somebody to help keep her focused mm -hmm. and sometimes i think that's what it takes that accountability partner that helps keep us in line you know, I think that's especially true in a task like you two were doing. It is very difficult to go through your own stuff, you know, things that you paid money for, things that you loved or treasured at one point in time, or things that have sentimental value. That is just super hard for the, the owner of those things to not go down those rabbit trails of memories and and sentimental value and mm -hmm. all of that. Um, I always think it helps to have an impartial third party with you when you're sorting through a basement or an attic. Um, you know, there's that, um, the, the two popular things right now is the Marie Kondo method of, of cleaning out your space and only keeping the things that spark joy in you. Um, and then there's the other one, which is called, I don't know if you've heard of the Swedish death cleaning. Have you heard of this? <laughs> no. I have a friend who, who did the Swedish death cleaning. <laughs> and the premise behind it is that we have a tendency to not deal with our stuff and then it all piles up. And then when we pass away, it's left to our loved ones to make all those decisions um, yes. and deal with all that stuff. And, you know, the premise is that that's not a very loving thing to do to your uh, loved ones who are going to be dealing with your loss. Um, and that essentially it comes back to, you know, it was kind of a lack of self-discipline on our end to deal with our stuff. So we shoved it in closets and attics and basements and left it for them. So the Swedish death cleaning is, no, no, you go through and decide um, what should be left for them and, and what needs to be gotten rid of. So anyway, you can look it up. Swedish death cleaning. I just did it. I just did that f with my my husband and sister-in-law and her husband. We just went through that with mm -hmm. my mother-in-law. Your mother-in-law passed. And, yes, and we come back home and we say we cannot. We cannot let this happen for our children. Mm -hmm. you, we've got to make some hard decisions and get rid of things because you just have a tendency to accumulate Mm -hmm. But even if we're not talking about stuff, sometimes having that accountability partner for other things like every Monday we do a weigh-in with some friends of ours who we're all 
uh, focused on going to Israel on the Encouragement Cafe Israel trip next year, October mm-hmm. 20th through the 29th. We're all heading to Israel. And we know we have to be in shape. We know we need to drop some weight. And we just want to get it done and not fall off the wagon. And so every Monday, we all live in different places. We weigh and we report in if we've been walking the minimum number of steps every day and if we have lost any weight. And there's something about that, knowing that Monday is coming. (laughs) And, (laughs) And so when you look at that dessert, you're like, I know I'm going to have to report in Monday, and I just don't want to blow everything we've been working on. So it just holds you in that discipline moment, you know, in the moments when we fall off the wagon and we stop being disciplined are usually the times when we think, nah, who cares? Nobody's around to know whether I'm keeping that stuff in the closet or whether I'm Uh, eating that dessert right now but if you have someone that you need to touch base with on anything that you're trying to stay disciplined with it makes a difference you know what's really interesting is that God knew that he wired us this way to Mm -hmm. help keep us from stressing out but then he also gave us like second Timothy 1 7 that says, for the Spirit of God gave, uh, the Spirit that God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Now, when I think of that verse, sometimes it's easy just to read it because that was Paul talking to his young mentee, Timothy. And Paul's trying to say, hey, this is going to happen. From time to time, you're going to feel like you're powerless you're going to feel unloved and you're going to feel like you're, you've messed up again. You procrastinated again. You didn't get the job done. But here's the good news. God knows. He knows that you were going to need those things. So he gave you the spirit, his Holy Spirit that lives inside you when you become a child of God. That spirit is just there waiting for you to tap into it. So then you do have the power, you do have the ability to love the unlovable, and then you have the ability to be disciplined. So even if we don't have that accountability partner or that person that's going to help us get through those stressful moments, God says, hey, I'm here. Yes. Uh, This is a lesson I learned over and over and over again, that God says all the things that are required of me, (laughs) like love and peace and patience and um, Mm self-control, all of those things are also things he promises to give to us or says he has given to us or, or he makes available to us in some way. And I lose sight of that over and over and over again. I, I wind up thinking it's all up to me um, to, to, to do and to have and to be in, in order to be a good Christian or to, to love him back. I don't know why it always is such a revelation when I hear verses like that one in Timothy that says, oh, wait a minute, uh, he, he's already done that. He's already given that. He's already provided that. Um, so it's just a matter of uh, helping uh, or, or submitting to the activ- activation of that. And, and why is it that 
we have a tough time with that. I mean, for me, I'm just going to be straight up honest. Sometimes I have a little bit of a rebel stubborn streak in me because I, I think I could do this. I can do this. And, and I have and I've told myself, you should be doing this. You should. And sometimes when we say those words should, we kind that's when I think we do exactly what you're saying. We kind of take it all on our own shoulders. And being the pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, which by the way is impossible to do, uh, when, when we have that kind of an attitude in anything in life, then we tend not to cry out and say, God, you told me that you're here to give me the power and the love and the discipline that I need. And right now, I'm not feeling it. I'm struggling. And oftentimes, it's just that stubborn streak, at least in me, that doesn't want to admit that I need mm. help. Well, yes, because that's in, in making yourself feel vulnerable, right? And we, we look around and everybody else seems to be getting things done. And so we want to be the, uh, the getter-donner, too. Exactly. And sometimes, sometimes we just don't pause long enough to ask for help, whether it's that accountability person, whether it's that mentor, whether it's somebody that can just walk through something with you, or whether it's just asking God, like taking the time to stop and say, Lord, right now I am so out of control. I am not disciplined at all with what needs to get done. And yet I know that these things are critical. And I know that in my own power, I'm going to push it off. I'm going to procrastinate and I'm going to choose to do it later because that relieves my stress. And I thank you for that ability to do that. However, right now, I need you to be my mentor. I need you to be my accountability partner. I want you to walk through this with me and give me guidance so that I can get the job done and stay disciplined in the things that are important to you. And that's the key. So many times, I think, Rachel, the things that are on our list, really, do they need to be there in the first place? I think God helps us really comb out the things that don't need to be on our list and really hone in on the things that do. You know, it reminds me of a proverb that talks about discipline, self-control, uh, and it's Proverbs twenty-five, twenty-eight. And this proverb basically says that a man without self-control or a, a person without self-discipline is like a city um, without walls. And so the, the metaphor there is, you know, the ancient cities would be built with huge walls around them. And the walls were their, uh, their defenses, right, their protection. The walls marked um, where the city began and where everything else was. Like, you know, if, in you, if you lived within those walls, then you were a member of that city. If you lived without of those walls, you were not. So the walls were like this, this defining, protecting fortress. So as you can imagine, it would be a bad thing for your city to have broken down walls, to have a section of the wall that has collapsed 
because now anybody from outside can get in and do what they want or take what they want. Um, so I like the metaphor because even though, you know, we, so the idea is we want to have walls, we want to have self-discipline. That's a protection thing for us that we are able to have that. But walls also have doors, right? Every city walls had a gate, had a door. So you could decide what you let in and, and what you let out. Um, so I think that's a good metaphor from Proverbs there for what we're talking about. There are times that we need to um, let someone in to, to help us with something. Um, there are times when we need to let some tasks out, mark them off of our to-do list because we're too overwhelmed right now. Uh, but the idea is that we have functioning walls. We have functioning self-control and self-discipline that enables us to make those decisions um, and enables us to ask God and others for help. I love that. And here's what I've discovered being the age I am now. Uh, I often did what you have done, what you just described about your summer and what Tiffany, uh, my youngest, did for her summer. It's we are such go-getters that we have a tendency to think, yes. I can do that. I can do it all. I can take on the world. And we put so much on our list. And then we set unrealistic expectations on ourselves. Like there's no way, even if you were the most disciplined person on the planet, that you could get every one of those things done. We would love to. But we have, uh, I don't know about you, Rachel, but I know this is true for me. We had a, a, have a tendency to make this unrealistic list of all the, boy, I would sure like to do all this and get it done. And then when we only get the top three done, we feel like we failed because we didn't get the rest of it done, which is why your very first thing in the show today said you made a to-done list which is brilliant because you have to look at the things that you did accomplish, but I'm going to take it a step farther. What I've learned at my age is I try not to put more than three main things on my to-do list for the day. I may, I may have some other things that pop in, but I've learned that most days I always plan for the margins and the unexpected so that three things I should be able to get done and feel good at the end of the day say yes I did it this is great and starting the day off by saying Lord be my discipline partner help me to stay focused and get the things done that are important to you you know that's why I love doing my one word is it's the same thing on a different scale. Choosing just one word, choosing just one thing to be your focus for the year, because I can't possibly do everything that I wanna do in a, in a summer. <laughs> I can't do it all in a day. I can't even do it all in a year. So very wise to constrain your focus and your goals in order to make progress. And I hope this gives you the courage to encourage others this week. Don't feel overwhelmed by your to-dos and may the God of hope give you courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. 
Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online, when you get a chance to sit down and breathe, at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.